Hey, this is The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. And as a personal note, I am never out of reach of a six hour ever, just saying. And uh, we are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast. Check us out. Our parent organization of Project Sentinel and the London Center for Policy Research are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and of course, our websites, uh, londoncenter.org and projectsentinel.net. And without further ado, our guest this week is Dr. Jerome Corsi. Dr. Corsi uh, is a longtime scholar, someone who studies and actually provides a great deal of detail regard, regarding esoteric factual thinking. And so today we're going to be talking about his book, The Hard Truth, uh, The Hard Truth About Energy, Global Warming, and Climate Change. So I'm very proud to have Jerry back. Uh, Dr. Corsi, welcome to The Hard Truth. Uh, Tony, it's a great pleasure to be back with you. Thank you. So um, I'd like to do this in a way that uh, the audience actually benefits from your hard work and what you've done in your book. And I'd like to talk about a little bit about the next book, too. But let's start with your current book. And let me let me do a frame a framing comment. Uh, here's my my posit for our talk today. Never trust a German with the utopian dream of global domination based on his view of perfect social order. Uh, and I, that is Klaus Schwab, if you're wondering who that is. So um, I think we tried this back in the 30s, just saying, I think 34, 35, we down, went down this road, didn't, the results were not positive. I think you'd agree with me that those weren't the best results we could have hoped for, you know, just I, saying. I, I would say they're not the best results, yes, <laughs> so, I agree. So, but I see it, it's, it's to, to quote Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again, Jerry. I mean, I think we're we're back here again. So just over to you for your assessment well, of, of that. I mean, I, I, you're right. I mean, we're into a another misinformation. That's what they currently call it or disinformation. Yeah. But it's basically climate lies. And, yeah. you know, that's why I wrote my book, The, the Truth About Energy, Global Warming and Climate Change. And you know, the subtitle is Exposing Climate Lies in an Age of Disinformation. And yes, the, the, there is a, a globalist agenda, mm -hmm. and it, Klaus Schwab and, and the World Economic Forum are pursuing it. And uh, basically, I've written this book to show you both how this ideologically developed and out of the environmental movement becoming basically captured by this climate movement which I think is Malthusian. I think it basically wants to eliminate capitalism. It's not been overtaken by Marxism. And, and I want to also, the book demonstrates that the science is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, carbon dioxide, which is a trace molecule in the atmosphere, 0.004%, thousands of 0.0004%. Right. It's, it, it's so small in the atmosphere, the percentage of carbon dioxide that you can barely measure its global warming effect right? compared to water vapor, which is like 70% of all the impact of global warming chemicals on earth. And uh, water vapor is not demonized because it's only burning hydrocarbon fuels emit carbon dioxide and the real agenda has become to eliminate capitalism and this is the demon i mean you know the book starts out by going back through the environmental movement and showing how uh, people like harrison brown at the end of world war ii who was a 
scientist on the Manhattan Project began writing books saying there were too many people. Yeah. We've, well, so let's go down that path a little bit. Um, one of the now for the audience to know, and you know this, we've spoken about this in other media. I actually have a degree in environmental studies. Right. You you can Google it. Wright State University, Dayton, Ohio, class of 1986. And Jerry, as I've talked about a little bit during uh, our previous discussions, uh, I recognized as a scholar and actually someone who's credentialed. I know that's strange coming from someone on the conservative side, but I've actually taken the time to study this. And uh, the fact is this, uh, from the, I guess from the 70s on, to your point, they really made an effort to essentially hijack and then make it their religion. The, 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 the whole green movement is, a, I think, in many ways a religion because <clears throat> you have people who are consistently wrong. I remember something called peak oil that we were taught. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, by the late 90s, we're going to be running around barefoot and, and cars like Fred Flintstone, you know, basically pedaling our way across the, the, the countryside. And then no, no further do we have to look than Al Gore, who says every 10 years, the planet's going to die because of our inability to understand that he's right and we're wrong, not accounting for the fact that geologic history should be the judge we use and, and the sun's uh, emissions and effect on the earth should be the two big determining factors of quote unquote climate change. Instead, you have people running around with their hair on fire every time a snowflake falls in Sacramento. It's like, oh my God, you know, it's, 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 it's worse than ever. Uh, it's catastrophic. Not understanding that there's something called the boring billion where the planet Earth basically was uninhabitable because of atmospheric conditions relating to the fact that there was very little oxygen for a billion years. But let's not let facts get in the way of, of a good story. And that's my issue right now. And I, clearly that's what you're trying to get through is all the, I guess, the ignorance of fact in the promotion of propaganda that essentially promotes the concepts of Marxism. Is, is that a, a good summary of kind of where uh, we're at? I agree with you entirely. I mean, the what happened was that Paul Ehrlich in the 70s and the 80s got into this you know, population bomb, too many people, and he, yeah. he teamed up with John Holdren, who became ultimately Obama's Obama. science czar. Right. And Holdren said, well, you know, if we, we, if we really want to scare people, we have to find a way to say that this is going to cause a climate catastrophe. And they focused on, you know, there are too many people were burning hydrocarbon fuels. That's going to put carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It's going to warm the planet. First, they thought, by the way, Holdren and Ehrlich, that it was going to be global cooling. Then when the earth didn't quite right. cool like they thought Remember it was that. going to, they switched to global warming. And it has become an, it's become an ideology. It's been taken over by Marxists. AOC and that whole crowd. And now the Green New Deal is designed to scare everybody so we can't use hydrocarbon fuels. And the point is, if we can't use hydrocarbon fuels, you cannot maintain these large industrial societies. The population of the earth today uh, depends on us being in an in, in interglacial warming period. Carbon dioxide is plant food. We've got right. more luscious and more you know, productive earth today than we will in the next ice age. I can guarantee you we won't have nearly the population boom that we've had. And the earth can support this many people and many more. Uh, that's been, again, one of the lies. These people, and you talk about Klaus Schwab and the 
you know, transhumanist agenda where they're really going is that they think they are the elite with a secular religion. They can convince everybody to destroy the existing societies we have since the Enlightenment. They don't have to deal with science because if they have this utopian Marxist vision, they can create the world they want. Right. And when the Klaus Schwab's take over, you know, the woke, useful idiots will be the first eliminated. Uh, Klaus Schwab and his oligarchs will be happy with their machines to try to run a planet with a, with a third or a half of the population we currently have gotten, and they won't care that they killed billions of people. I mean, it's really a very, I think, evil and satanic agenda. And what my book, I believe, does is to really show you the true science. Right. And, and you, you, Tony, have the, you know, the background, the formal education to appreciate what I'm saying is true in that, first of all, you know, this, this whole idea of us having global warming or having carbon dioxide as a warming agent, if we did not have various kinds of warming elements in the earth, if there weren't carbon dioxide and other water vapor, which is by far more important, the earth wouldn't be habitable because all the radiation that hits us from the sun would at nighttime go back into the upper atmosphere and right. outer space. Uh, we need this kind of blanket of global warming in order to, you know, that's what makes the atmosphere of earth function stable. uniquely right. stable and actually supportable, you know, supporting life because life wouldn't be supported if at nighttime this place got, you know, horribly cold. We wouldn't have any life on the surface of the planet. So, yeah, let's explore that for a little bit. The reason back in my um, 20s, early 20s, I actually was someone who did believe that we are obligated because of um, being the God-given uh, kind of stewards of planet Earth. You know, our job, I think, Jerry, is to be good stewards of planet Earth. I, I do believe in, in preserving the environment. I, uh, I actually got my degree based on the fact that, gee, I, I think protecting the environment is a good, good idea. What I find catastrophically uh, unacceptable, I guess to use to, to coin a phrase, is the fact that those right now who are in charge of the movement are doing exactly the opposite in every aspect. And let me walk through that a little bit. Now I'd like you to comment on it. First, uh, ultimately, everybody involved wants to reduce the population. They keep saying that the issue with planet Earth is there's too many people. That, that's just ludicrous to your point. Anybody who actually circles the Earth, visits other continents understands the massive amount of land, the untapped resources available. And there's no danger even with a billion plus people in a, in a location, as long as you're able to adequately set up uh, distribution of, of food resources and energy, people can be sustained indefinitely and, and very large scales. And I think the whole thing is fictional. So, so that's one aspect. Second is this whole idea that when you examine uh, carbon fuel, uh, you know, carbon-based fuel, the planet pretty much has a, a, a supply that will go for at least another 500 years, if not longer, because the sun actually helps to, to drive generation. It's not the dinosaurs. It's actually the ge geologic and atmospheric events that are driven and powered by the energy of the sun, which helps generate the carbon fiber, the carbon uh, uh, fuels in, in the planet. So it's not like, um, 
we don't know this. We do know this, but we pretend not to as part of this movement. And there's a movie that I recommend people watch. Uh, and I don't normally recommend Michael Moore movies, but it's called Planet of the Humans, where Michael Moore basically goes through and talks about how every aspect of the modern green movement is, is phony. Uh, if you take and examine electric cars, let's just start with that. The amount of rare earth minerals which have to go into that, everything from lithium to cobalt, requires that you basically become uh, a, a, a colonial power going into Africa, forcing uh, 12-year-old kids to go in, in, out in the fields to mine cobalt for your 21st century Western civilization. I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how that's a good idea. And then on top of that, uh, to power the things, you have to have fossil fuel. Uh, electric cars have to be uh, run off of, of electricity. Electricity is generated by uh, nuclear, uh, wind, not well, uh, very badly, uh, hydro, which is a little bit better, uh, or uh, other things which relate to, you know, natural gas. Matter of fact, uh, notably in this, in our conversation, the reason the United States has dropped its CO2 footprint so much over the past uh, 10 years is because we've switched over to natural gas over other uh, other me methods of, of burning, uh, of, of producing energy, just saying. And so uh, when you look at that, Jerry, when you look at the facts and you put them out there, it's very clear that I think the environmental movement is actually not, if, if, if just setting aside the political aspects of Marxism, which I'd like to get back into in a minute, the effort actually is is causing the most damage to the environment. They do nothing about plastics. They do nothing about uh, strip mining of, of lithium. And one of the, the, the facts is this. If, if we, the United States, move to the, the green economy that, uh, that, um, that many folks want in the left, I mean, we're talking about California, Oregon, and all these folks wanting to have uh, something like uh, a quarter of their of all vehicles in their states being electric by 2030 to do that move that you would require uh, strip mining uh, every location we currently know about lithium just to produce the batteries and you have to find more and last time I checked Jerry strip mining is not a good thing for the environment so what do you what do you say to that to just the environmental damage issue well, I, I agree. I mean, I, it, first of all, one of the key points in my book is that oil, hydrocarbon fuels, it, it, they're not fossil fuel. They're not dinosaurs. Uh, no dinosaur ever produced a barrel of oil. Right. When we die, our bodies decompose. Second law of thermodynamics, the energy dissipates. It doesn't go to a higher form of energy. You know, right. we, don't, we don't line a casket and say, with you know rubber lining and say Aunt Matilda is going to turn to oil. It's not going to happen. We bury people because they decompose. The point is that I show that the earth naturally produces hydrocarbons. Exactly. The German chemists in, in the Weimar Republic, Germany had a lot of coal and did not have oil. And Germany envisioned fighting a second world war. Between the two world wars, the chemists in the Weimar Republic figured out the equations for synthesizing uh, petroleum products, including diesel fuel, gasoline, et cetera. And these equations are very simple. They basically uh, take something that has hydrogen, something that has carbon under intense pressure and heat in the presence of a catalyst like iron ore, you, you form hydrocarbon chains 
which include, you know, what ultimately is refined into diesel fuel, gasoline, etc. Okay. But it's done naturally on in the mantle of the earth on an ongoing basis. Exactly. It's exactly. why the peak oil, we didn't run out of oil. And, and we're and not I, going to. I don't, I think it's, you know, it's not that it's infinite. Nothing in the earth is infinite. Right. But there is so much of it that we will be on to a new fuel before we run out of it. Look at coal. You know, in the 1850s, the British, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, were, were worried we're going to run out of coal. Well, we still have an enormous amount of coal. It's not mined. It's just sitting there. Now they won't mine it because they think it's going to cause you know, global warming or climate change. But the point is, the Earth naturally produces hydrocarbons. And you can actually see the hydrocarbons coming out of the mantle of the Earth in these deep sea, deep ocean hydrotherms, which have been surveyed by, for instance, the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute that affirmed that the hydrocarbons are produced by this Fischer-Tropsch process, which are the equations the Germans developed in the Weimar Republic to show how oil is synthesized. Right. Nazis had synthetic oil. They did. They, they made did. they made the oil from right. coal. They they had a process. It was very expensive. It was very, very expensive. expensive. Yes, but they did do it. Absolutely. And so you know that's the first kind of major fallacy here. That and then secondly, I think Tony, people don't think in geologic time. I no, mean, they do not. You know, we've had the Earth around let's say four point six billion years. For eighty percent of that time, there was nothing living in the surface of the Earth. It's all the pre-Cambrian period of time. The Earth did not support life. There was much more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Now, we've had five extinctions on this planet since the last 20% of Earth's history, and human beings weren't around for those extinctions. Earth is not a stable place. You know, the dinosaurs 65 million years ago, it took a massive asteroid hitting in the Yucatan, which caused tidal waves, you know, the tsunamis all the way up to North Dakota took a thousand years of uh, volcanic activity in India, which threw sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere, blocked the sun. These are cataclysmic events that occur that produce change in Earth's fundamental weather or temperature. It's not a few degrees more of carbon dioxide. Right. Uh, the Earth today has less carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than it did 100 million years ago. Right. And we've had ice ages come and go, and they are not dependent upon carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is not this turning knob that affects the weather and temperature of the Earth as the left wants you to believe. That's nonsense from climate science. So, yeah, I, I, and by the way, real quick, I, I got your book right here. I know the audience on the radio can't say, is it true that... At the very back chapter here, it's it's if you scratch and sniff it, it smells like uh, uh, the uh, French Laundry with Gavin Newsom. Is that true? Is that true? I, I mean, it may it may sell the book better, Jerry. I didn't say. know you got one of those copies. I did. Mmm, that's no. good French Laundry. Mm, yeah, uh, no, it, it has about a thousand footnotes in it. It does. And uh, and the science, you know, I explain the science in here because I want it. You know, it, it takes a little effort to read the book, but it, it's gotten enormously good reviews by some of the top climate scientists. And one more point I want to make about uh, the mathematics involved in this, the, the global warming crowd wants you to think everything is linear. You know, we 
put X amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and the X degree Earth's temperature is raised. Uh, that's not how it works. The Earth's weather is a nonlinear system. In other words, uh, you put more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it doesn't mean it's going to get warmer or colder. Right. You know, the Earth could be, we've had a very mild winter in parts of the Earth this year because we are in a very circular orbit around the sun. When we get to a more elliptical orbit, like an egg, uh, that's when we'll have an ice age. Now, it might not happen for another 10,000 or 20,000 years, but we should enjoy this period of time because from here, the Earth gets farther from the sun in its most extreme point of its orbit around the sun. And that's when it's colder. And a little more carbon dioxide isn't going to help anything or hurt anything at that time. In fact, when the Earth enters an ice age, we may want more carbon dioxide if we could get it. You know, we warming is good for human beings. Warming is good for life on the yeah. planet. So, I, Jerry, that's a great point because a lot of folks believe that we, uh, about 11,000 years ago, if you look at just the geologic history, as you're pointing out, Central Park in New York City was under a glacier. That's how those rocks got dropped. Right. Little, little stones were pushed under tons of ice on the basalt in Central Park. You can go see it. It's like, it's there. You just go look. And that was about 11,000 years ago. And I'm saying right now, we are at, we are now back on the road to an ice age. In about 10,000 years, we will be back with large glaciers moving down from North America, from Siberia. It'll be, it'll, it's inevitable. And there's nothing we can do about it because man is not that powerful. It's, it's the way uh, right. the, the universe and, and our solar system works and there's nothing we can do about it. Just saying, you know, and, and it's not a it's not a the earth is not designed to be comfortable for human beings. In other words, you know, we're just the latest creatures walking around on the surface of the earth. Five. That's right. You know, the earth is not doesn't care about us. The earth is no. ruled by some principles, you know, which have to do with astronomy, which have to do with a lot of the sciences. But, you know, this earth orbit is not a stable uh, fact it's going to change right. and it changes predictably in these Milankovitch cycles in which we get more elliptical but it's very complex I mean the earth's axis isn't even stable at an angle the earth's axis kind of rotates in right. a circle yeah but these so, things are no, changeable uh, and they're and they're not controlled by human beings we we're right. not powerful enough to control these forces so and and by the way I, I just had a beautiful uh, the time we're taping this, I had a beautiful morning. It was like 76 degrees here in North Carolina. Went for a nice run. Just gorgeous weather. February. Well, last time I yeah. checked, it's February. So it's great. And I, and I think it's marvelous. And uh, uh, part of, uh, so the last few minutes I want to cover, we're, we're winding down our first half of the show here. As you put it in the, in the back of the book, uh, let me grab it again. You basically have all your end notes. You kind of go through in great detail. But you basically ask, where are we going? And, and I know where we're going, I think. And let me, let me posit it before you comment. Ultimately, this is about the one world government being considered or put forth by the World Economic Forum, the idea of a, uh, a government big tech lash-up. Basically, that uh, uh, how, how does he talk about it? Uh, stakeholders stakeholder partnerships with unelected people basically dictating to us how we live. 
And ultimately, they're using green energy, the idea that we can't be trusted by making our own. You know, you can't be trusted to buy the right kind of light bulb. Therefore, we're going to tell you what you can do. And we don't want you to have gas stoves because, geez, we don't like the fact that you can just go out and get gas and not pay attention to us. We want you to be on the grid using electric power so we can turn your power off if your social credit score indicates to us that you can't be trusted. And ultimately, that's where it's going. Is, am, am I am I way off base on that, Jerry? Or is I, that... I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, the the agenda here is to destroy capitalism, to destroy the productivity of the Western countries, the United States in particular, in order to this whole Marxist agenda is an, a destruction agenda. Uh, my second book, which is going to be, again, the truth about, but it'll be about neo-Marxism. Uh, cultural Maoism and anarchy, and I'll be exposing this critical theory lies in an age of disinformation. I'm just doing the final editing on it right now. It'll go to print pretty soon. But the point is the negation. Communism is very good to destroy, but when the communist governments have taken over, you know, Stalin, Mao, they literally kill millions of people. Yep. They, they have famines. They put into the the rules and regulations they put into effect, lockdowns, uh, collective property, uh, abuse of human rights. Uh, these are things which the oligarchs, the you know the Klaus Schwabs of the world and the multinational corporations think they want to be in power, and they consider the people basically useless. You know that they only need a few, especially in this age of machines, when we can have machines produce things and we don't need people right uh, pe people are needless eaters and they're nasty in there they take up space and time and you know it, the oligarchs have no use for them well it, you know that that's that is such an evil agenda it is such a uh, destructive agenda we exhale carbon dioxide the global warming crowd would have us believe we are our own enemy right the, the next the next extinction they call it the Ap, the, you know, apogene, the people, we anth anthropogene, we people are going to kill ourselves because there's, we're, we're exhaling carbon dioxide. It's suicidal. You can't found an ideology on suicidal principles and have it be in the benefit of human beings. Right. So with that note, we got to take a break. We'll come back from our uh, halftime pause and continue the conversation with Dr. Jerry Corsi. Again, we are The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Sour, and we'll be back with part two of our program in just a few moments. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. 
It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is Tony Schaefer with The Hard Truth, Part 2, powered by Sig Sauer, Never Settle. As I always say, I've always got a Sig close by within arm's reach, and I'm not joking. Uh, uh, we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out at Project Sentinel and the London Center of Policy Research. We're available on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble. I think we're on uh, even on uh, Truth Social and uh, Getter as well. Uh, our websites are londoncenter.org and projectsentinel.net. Without further ado, let's jump into phase two, part two of our weekly program. And we're still, uh, we continue over with Dr. Jerry Corsi. Dr. Corsi, as you know, we're talking about his book today, uh, The Truth About uh, Environmental Studies Issues and all that. We'll talk more about that. Uh, and, and, and also we have our weekly panel, The Vivacious Chris Cordani, who wanted me to point out he's vivacious. That's right. That's right. Yes. So, absolutely. you know, Rally uh, Ho. Yes. That's right. So, and then, of course, <laughs> the always beautiful and talented Elizabeth Breckenkamp. Hello, Elizabeth. Good to have you. Oh, that nice. I did not to say that. It's true. No, it's true. It's true. No, it's, you don't have to pay me to say that. So, it's, <laughs> uh, so anyway. So, here we are, part two. We're going to jump back in. And again, I started the, the, our, our show this week with the premise statement of never trust a German with a utopian dream of global domination based on his views <laughs> of perfect social order. I just think that just, oh. doesn't that just, it just rings, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's, wow. it's, it's accurate. Let's start it's accurate. there. Absolutely. And so again, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. You know, Chris, over to you. What do you think? I mean, 
I, I believe people should start reading more history books and less <laughs> of the uh, Zinstery books. But then, uh, then what would what would we what would we learn? I guess over the years, the funny thing is, um, history does show your statement is true. And Klaus Schwab is. Uh, look, I'll even say this: when the EU was formed, it was centered around Germany and technically France and Britain, but basically, basically, yeah. it was a nice way for Germany to take control economically of the old Europe. That's what I said. Well, if, again, let me kind of chip, chime in here. The idea yeah. of, you know, Hitler, of course, had lots of crazy ideologies, and they were all in terms of world dominance in Germany, you know, Deutschland über alles, Germany above everybody. And the, it, it, you know, look how it worked out. I mean, there's again another formula for a, a third world war. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, we're doing the same thing again in terms of, the left's intolerance and insistence that its ideology we all have to bow down to and abandon the principles of Judeo-Christian ethics and constitutional freedoms that we have and all bow down to this agenda, as Hitler demanded, everybody bow down to Nazism. It doesn't work out very well at the end. And this time around, it could be a thermonuclear war with these mad geniuses want to perpetuate upon human beings. Keep in mind, same thing with Marxism. All these Marxist governments that uh, wanted everybody to bow down to them, start trouble, or basically can't even handle running their own governments. Yeah, I mean, it's... They need full compliance with the people in their citizenry. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's one thing. On the other hand, they usually put the... Uh, let's just put it this way. The, ide the ideological uh, clones in there who are not necessarily the most competent people. And they find out that their philosophies really don't fly when you have more than 20 people in one country. Look, it's nice if you're, uh, uh, somewhere in Guyana and, and bring about 900 people down there and serve, uh, uh serve maybe punch for, uh, with dessert, but that's about it. You can't, you can't rely on more than 900 or so people to follow you blindly and not have and, and, and not not ask questions. Oh, I don't you can't know. shoot them down. You can't shoot them generationally. I, well, I, I guess Kim Jong Un is trying that. No, no, no. I think you, you can look closer to home. I think a guy named uh, Doctor uh, Jim Jones wasn't Jim the the guy that actually had people drink the Kool Aid. I by the oh, way, yeah. I think that's the ultimate expression of of Marxism, oh. right? Drinking the Kool Aid. I think that's what they're trying to do. Just well, saying. So, well, let's not there's anything wrong with that. Look who his buddies were in California. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they. The, the socialist, he actually is the poster child for the socialist movement. The fact is, hmm. that's him. And these people, a lot of these people will march in lockstep uh, with, with uh, their black masks on, doing whatever they want to do. But basically, they'll do what they'll they'll blindly follow that ideology to their own to their own demise or their own suffering. Not that it matters. All for the cause, basically. So right. to, to that point, uh, Jerry, you, met, you mentioned uh, Malthusian in our initial phase one of our talk, that to me seems to be what it's all about, is that these folks have basically become worshipers. Uh, I, I attended a conference recently where they talked about all modern psychology essentially comes from the root of the German uh, uh, guys who developed this before even Freud. And basically it's all based on the idea that uh, man is an animal and there's no spirit. And there's a lot of folks right now trying to prove that there's no mm -hmm. real separation of the soul and man, which I listened to a thing the other night. And it's all about trying to make us mo no more than an animal, right? I mean, is that kind of what they want? Uh, it's a, it's a, it basically, I think goes even deeper than that, that the, uh, 
it, it's, you know, Marx was not an atheist. Marx knew God existed. He hated God. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a determination to have Satan rule. Satan, you know, rules here. And it's basically to say that, you know, the God didn't want you to eat the fruit of the, in the Garden of Eden of this tree because God mm -hmm. did not want you to become to know what he knows. And so I, Satan, can tell you, these people believe they can architect a utopia. And it has, you know, their ideas are insane. Like, let's go fund the weaponization of a virus in Wuhan. And then mm -hmm. when it comes out, let's tell everybody that they're going to die, even though it's a bad flu, and we'll lock everybody up in their homes and demand that they take a vaccine, which does not prevent you from getting the virus, but in fact probably increases your chances of getting the virus and will ultimately kill you. So that's a good idea, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of ideas these people concoct. We, we can get you one better, Dr. Corsi. Right now, as it stands, member nations of the World Health Organization are working on the idea of signing over sovereignty, signing over uh, uh, response power, pandemic response power to the World Health Organization. The Biden administration is gung-ho mm -hmm. about this. The, uh, they're, the, the member nations, they're the largest to the smallest ones, they're, or many of them are gung-ho about this. They want to do this. This gives the World Health Organization, and to your points earlier in this program, the one-world government types, the Klaus Schwab's of the world. It gives these people, the elites, the power to lock the world down, or at least member states. It gives them, it gives them the power to force vaccinations and to act as if uh, what, whatever dictatorial process or dictatorial orders that the World Health Organization, an unelected body of people selected by the UN, <laughs> okay, selected by the one world idea. government types, tells us what to do. Oh my gosh, what a horrible, horrible idea. And you know, the people who told us to follow the COVID science are the same people who are trying to deny and hide the science that proves their climate change theories are all false. Right. So they don't, they can't even admit their own hypocrisy. I mean, it's like, I would hope that most American citizens are finally waking up and realizing they're, they're hypocrites. You know, they want to follow the science for one thing, but not for something else. And of course the science for COVID wasn't even really science. They can, and then Fauci kept coming on like every day and saying, oh, well, the science keeps changing to support COVID theories and all this stuff. But yeah, they, you know, they want to deny the science that proves climate change and everything they want to push on us. Yeah, like the global thing. We want unelected people to tell us whether or not we can take a vaccine or whether or not we can take a certain medication. That's crazy. It is. And that's why elections matter. Votes matter. Rule of if thumb you can have a fair vote. But speaking of, of, of uh, the metaphor, so I, I, you guys may think I'm totally wacky, but let me, I'm going to go off on a tangent. There's a movie out, which I think is one of the best movies ever made, that actually helps illustrate everything we're talking about in a way that's actually uh, very enjoyable. And I'm going to say the name, and you guys are going to probably roll your eyes, but it's uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, I, I love that movie, because if you look back at the episode of Star Trek, the, the original series, Space Seed, is the basis for that. And Khan Noonien Singh is a product of eugenics, the eugenics war, that which we didn't have, obviously, just saying. But the concept is there was a, a, a point in history in the Star Trek universe that there was a war over eugenics, the idea that, uh, that, that superior men and women would be the ones who rule the world. And ultimately, Jerry, I think that's where they're going with all this just saying, because yeah. that's what well, they want. It, 
It's been the idea since, uh, you know, it's an ancient idea. The we can be God. We can put ourselves in the throne right. of God. Human exactly. beings, right. we exactly. can figure this out. And, you know, it's the Nietzsche, you know, Ubermensch, the, uh, the Superman, the human, the superhuman being, which we can transhumanism, we can actually engineer, we can put chips in people and make them highly intelligent. We can make them live forever. These ideas are absolutely insanity. They don't work. It's like, for instance, the, the globalists who want to eliminate people, who are they going to sell their products to? Who's right. going to produce the product <laughs> for them? Well, you know what I mean? I guess they, they figure eliminate people who buy the competition. There's too many people. What these people those people are your customers. Does that ever occur to you? These people are <laughs> these people are the gene pool. Let's kill all the Jews. Okay. We're gonna destroy one of the most precious gene pools in the face of exactly. the Exactly. Absolutely. And, 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 and commit a horrible atrocity against humanity. Why? Well, because they're the bankers and they're the ones who put us in World War One. Another insane idea. I mean, if Hitler had not gone after the Jews, the Jews would have fought for him. He would have had the bomb first. All the scientists who came over here were these Jewish scientists fleeing from Hitler, you know, Einstein and you know, even Niels Bohr. I mean, all the, all these Hitler could have, but no, no, I, I, somebody should have sat down with it. How about Mr. Hitler? How about if we go kill 10, we make it, we show we killed 10. Is that okay? Cause these people are going to run away. It's going to take a lot of effort to get them all rounded up. It'll be hard to kill them all. And why don't we just have them few say we did it, declare a victory and go on. But no, Hitler had to go kill them all. And that's what we're doing again, is Tony's point. We've got the same maniacs mm-hmm. who want to perfect everything. And they're really a death cult. This is another death cult. Right. And that, and that goes back to Jim Jones and some other things. But let's go back to the Star Trek metaphor real quick. So if you move <laughs> forward... No, to, 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 I think I love the Wrath, of, the Wrath of Khan is one of my two favorite episodes of Star Trek, the, the original series, just saying. I mean, I yes, I'm a geek, yes. You guys That's all right. I actually had the Enterprise right here next to me. <laughs> That's cool. As long as we're not That's talking right. about five. Or I have the Star Trek the Next Generation, all good that. things. Uh-huh. The all good things Enterprise that kills all the Klingons, just saying, for those who are watching, you know. There's, there's nothing better than seeing Riker come out of uh, Cloaked and just kick those Klingons. No, any Klingons listening, I really have no issues against you, but <laughs> it was still cool to see you get your asses kicked and uh, all good things, just saying. Oh, anyway, back to my point, since I distracted myself oh. and others. Uh, the point being is that Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan actually compi- combines all this because, remember, the, the core technology of that is the quote-unquote Genesis device. Uh, as McCoy says, what's better than to destroy and create all in one weapon, you know? Yeah. And that's, that, that's, a, that's the yeah. metaphor of what we're talking about here. You know, they want to destroy everything for purposes of recreating build back better or build back better as uh, Arden, whatever her name is in Australia, New Zealand says, whatever, whatever. Anyway, she'll go back to irrelevancy soon anyway. She is. Anyway, but my point being is that <laughs> if you watch that, it's great entertainment. It's, it's, it's probably the best made uh, of the Trek movies. With that said, there's a great number of metaphors actually uh, woven in. So you're actually under, you know, learning about kind of the, the evils of utopianism uh, while being entertained. At least I think that's my perspective on it. So I don't know. Well, the, the whole issue of us trying to become God yeah. is a matter of exactly. not, not accepting our mortality, not accepting the fact that, you know, in, unless you posit God, 
unless you begin to develop this kind of a moral code, yeah. we, we can't possibly have civilization. Exactly. And, you know, the, and if you just study the history of the communist countries, I mean, you know, okay, so we've got, you know, Russia now in, in Ukraine. Well, Stalin had a mass starvation of Ukraine. You know, you wonder why some of these people in Ukraine don't mm -hmm. like the Russians. Well, Stalin starved them all in the collective farms. And, and you had apologists like, right. you know, Durante was a New York Times reporter who went over there and praised Stalin as this great genius for his socialism and communism, putting everybody into, you know, no private property, all this nonsense. All of these lies, and global warming is one of the biggest ones, you know, demonizing carbon dioxide, which <laughs> is, you know, it's not a very bright idea if you understand climate science. It's really pretty laughable. Right. So we need to start on Tony's takes, unfortunately, Jerry. We could talk about this all day, literally. Mm -hmm. And just, again, watch Star Trek too. And by the way, for those who have not seen the series, uh, it, the end of it has to do with sacrifice. One of the main characters dies. And then, lo and behold, Jerry... He's resurrected the next year. Next, you know, it's a search for Spock. He comes back. More of this. See, they've hidden all these biblical kind of. Uh, see, that's concepts, like Jesus. Right? Yeah, he came back. That's three exactly. Days later. Exactly. Hey. Spock is Jesus. That's a whole topic for another show, right, Chris? We should do that as a, as oh, a show. Wow. On we we might be able to do that. I will say this: if you want to talk about, uh, I, I, I've challenged everybody on this one. If you want to talk about um, Ricardo Montalban, so you got the ah, con thing in regard. Rich Corinthian leather. The most powerful individual in television history is Mr. Rourke and nobody can change my That's mind. True. On that. That's true. That's right. As I said, the man faced the devil twice head on. <laughs> Didn't have to throw a punch and his suit, his white suit remained intact. Not even a scratch. That's right. Tony's we, take. <laughs> uh, well, my first take obviously is uh, Chris is correct. And we should probably just do a whole episode at some point about uh, fantasy Island and, and uh, the wrath of Khan. That would be great. That was, that was a good show. If we don't do it here, we do it on the lounge. <laughs> We're we'll do a lounge. I think it's yeah. a great. We should do uh, the Wrath of Khan. We should track down someone from one of the Star Trek things and have him join us. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, okay, Chris, what's my first take mm -hmm. of uh, this week? I want to get this with you guys because all right. it's what you were talking about earlier. I want to take an, a little offshoot on that. Doctor Patrick Moore has been talking about this for a while and presented this recently over the weekend at a special event. I believe it's the ICCC's fifteenth uh, anniversary event or a fifteenth annual event. That is. He says that uh, the woke agenda, the woke climate change agenda is actually destroying the ecosystem, both above ground and underground. It actually specifically pointed to wind turbines being built across yeah. the Atlantic coast since oh. 2016. Number, here's this number. 174 humpback whales have washed ashore dead. That's a 400% increase in mortalities from previous years. This is washed dead from the years 2016 onto now, or at least onto when they last checked before now. That's right. a heck of a lot of whales. And this oh. is all in the name of client junk science. So uh, look, uh, let me start off. I, I live uh, near Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Anyone who comes down 17 from uh, Virginia Beach and Norfolk will pass Elizabeth City on 17. And there's a field, a huge field uh, of these darn large uh, windmills. And they produce uh, energy and a limited range of air speeds. If, if, if it's either below nine miles an hour or above 18 miles an hour, they don't work. So that limits you uh, to a Goldilocks set of wind currents, which typically don't happen. So they're most of the time, every time I, 
eight out of times I drive by, they're not moving. They're just kind of sitting there looking pretty. And I don't mean, you know, like a, a pretty picture. They're just sitting there knocking down birds. And to that point, we've invested so much uh, in, in these uh, fictional technologies, which produce nothing. They're always over oversold. They would never produce if, if not for government subsidies, they would not exist. So Jerry, I, I, I don't know what you think about that. Oh, I agree. I mean, I go get an electric car and, um, the battery corrodes, which it will it'll probably catch fire. <laughs> and then you, uh, can spend another $20,000 for a new battery. Yeah. Uh, or better yet, uh, drive it on a interstate, try to go 500 miles. Now you're probably going to have to find a place to recharge it. And hopefully you'll be one of the lucky ones to come up to a recharging station where there isn't a long line. I mean, these technologies just don't work. The first cars made were essentially electric cars. Right. They were abandoned because they didn't, they didn't really work. You know, you, know, you, could, you, know, you could put a put a windmill on top of a car and see if the wind will make it go. I mean, these are bad ideas. You know, and, I, I think it's a great idea. There is a school of Newton. thought. Huh? There is a, yeah. there is a school of thought saying that policies like this, the climate change, these uh, these anti, what we call or what they call fossil fuels policies are designed to make us more dependent on the on the on the Chinese Communist Party when it comes to rare earths that are necessary for these electric car batteries. Let's also add the 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 uh, World Health Organization issue we talked about, signing over mm -hmm. pandemic power to those people. Again, the idea is to have the West kind of succumb a lot more to the Chinese Communist Party, the uh, strong, I, let's say the strongest Marxists in the world. Right. But that's, but a, that's a school of thought. So I, 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 I agree with you, but it's our policy that's done that. We, the United States, within our borders, have adequate and sustainable resources to do this. Uh, there's all sorts of, of untapped minerals in Wisconsin and Wyoming and Michigan uh, the, 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 the whole country has all sorts of resources, but the green movement, you probably heard of them. Won't let us, <laughs> let me do the Joe Biden, the green movement, the green, the green movement <laughs> won't let us actually go tap those things. And therefore, if you're going to have an industry that depends on them, you got to go to China. This is part of the policy, right, Jerry? I mean, it, it, they're doing this to link it all together. Well, China has actually been very clever. All they, they bought American politicians like Biden for very little money and uh, they, and they own them. And this is uh, again, and then of course the, this woke ideology, you can't get any, any newspaper, New York times, wall street journal. These are not going to, even the wall street journal, certainly not Washington post. They're not going to report the truth any longer. They're going to become an ideological agency of the woke agenda. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is where, Programs like you're doing, Tony, programs like we're all trying to write these books and get this word out, uh, they don't want the truth. They don't, they're not interested in the truth. They're interested in their narratives. They're interested in advancing a lie that they think gives them power. And the, the real unfortunate ones are those, you know, going through college who are brainwashed to believe this nonsense, who think they're doing some good for social justice when they don't realize they're just being programmed to commit suicide. That's a Fair good enough. point. Yeah. Fair enough. That's great. Yeah. We should, we'll, and we'll talk, have another show just talking more about the, the, the youth and their misinterpretation of all these things. But what's the next take? We've got to keep going, right? Okay, Tony's take. I want to take this. I want Five to put minutes. this on the radio because you and General Holt, General Blaine Holt, put together a very 
a quite excellent Newsmax article. I want, uh, if anybody gets a chance, check it out. It's on Newsmax. Uh, you can find it on our social media, the Project Sentinel social media as well. We're running out of time. Smart cities. Uh, you, you're right about them. Interesting toys for authoritarians in the future. I like to call them the Fisher-Price villages for authoritarians <laughs> to play with in the future. Yeah. You and the general had an interesting take. It's like Legoland, only with for fascists. It's great. So... Um, <laughs> It is. No, I'm serious. You kind of like little That's Legos. You got... So anyway, so Jerry, one of my, the, the thing that focuses on what I, I believe is happening is a, is a revision of, uh, of feudal mercantilism. Basically, uh, the concept is let's go back to the Middle Ages where you have landed owners, which is the elites, and peasants who basically own nothing and uh, farm your land for you, except this is the 21st century version of it. So that's the concept. Well, it's certainly the oligarchs want to be the oligarchs and they want to buddy up with the multinational corporations. You know, let's send all of our jobs to China and destroy the middle class of the United States. Well, who's going to buy the goods? Everybody's broke. Right. You know, and, and then if you want to say, well, we don't need people, just let them die. Or let's program them to die. Let's vaccinate them to die. What gives, you know, why are you including yourself in those privileged to live? You know, what, what excludes you from the principle where you're killing everybody else? Right. And, the, you know, these are the uh, insanities. If you look at, you know, one of my favorite books is Charles McKay's about, you know, the uh, mass illusions, the popular delusions that people get into that, and that dominate an age. Uh, that's everybody leave their homes. We're going to walk to the Middle East and we're going to take back the Holy Land in a, in a crusade. And so, you know, all the... All the men get up, they leave their homes, and nobody's there for the wives or the children. They go for decades. They never come back. They get wandering around here and there, and they all think they're going to get indulgences and go to heaven. Now, that's, that's really a bad idea, but it dominated an age. Right. Let's, let's kill all the women because they're witches. Now, that's a, now that's a bad idea. You can probably, you know, That they, was. Just so you, everybody knows, the, the Tony Schaefer Hard Truth uh, completely says clean, killing women is a bad idea. That is a very bad idea. Position of this show. They, sh they should be able that to defend is a themselves policy. in public. That's right. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> all these so. things are insanity and it is easier to sell a delusion. It's easier to sell yes. Yes. human beings huh. a lie than it is to tell them the truth because the truth requires thinking. It's harder to, to put together. You've got to work on it. May, it may tell you something you don't want to hear. Lying is always an appeal to the lowest phenomenon in human beings, which is the capacity not to think and just to get, you know, overly zealous over some bizarre cause. Right. So uh, I and I, I hate to do that. I guess we have to break off. And uh, boy, I guess when we talk about not thinking, uh, you can't help but think about Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. I mean, talk about <laughs> talk about people who don't think they're this like uh, you go to the dictionary. Their pictures are like, you know brainless i said so anyway anyway we got to get going so i want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by my friends at sig sour never settle and uh, sig has been uh, great to be our first sponsor to get us going and uh, uh, they provide uh, the american public a great resource for actually exercising safely your second amendment rights we'll be doing more with them in the future uh Watch this space for new announcements of new projects with them. I think we've got some exciting things. Right, Chris? We can't talk about them yet. They're secret. Oh, we have a lot of, very, a lot of very good things are happening. Very That's good things correct. are happening. So just saying you're going to be pleased cool. with it. And uh, so we're going to move off. And obviously, another shout out to my friend Cherie Curry, 
who does the music for the show. God bless Cherie. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, you know, t I, I am truly honored. We are truly honored to have her doing our music. And uh, it's a great, if people should listen to the lyrics because she put a great deal of thought into those lyrics. And, uh, and that's it from the team here, from uh, our team. Uh, Dr. Corsi, Jerry, always uh, an honor to have you on board. Thank you for joining us today. Always a great pleasure. Thank you. Great. Chris, always uh, extraordinarily uh, gifted. Uh, vivacious uh, scene producer and engineer. <laughs> Rally ho. Rally ho. And then Elizabeth, thank you as always for being here and, and providing uh, thank the, you. The, the context for what we're trying to get to. And so we're ending it. That's it for today. Uh, the Hard Truth of Tony Schaefer. Again, we're, uh, we're sponsored by SIG uh, on the America Out Loud radio network. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. I woke up in a derelict delirium. To a stranger's kiss and a broken opinion With all my friends in a 